0: I doubt I am the only one trying to envision what it would have been like growing up with Alexander as a father figure and these concepts at the core of the Parental Foundation. Hearing the stories he has shared about the twin boys that he helped raise has given us a glimpse. But here today, with us, in the studio, we have Ian and Ryan. These two are here to share their stories and experiences in growing up in a love-conscious environment built by Alexander and their late mother, Sherry. Now that we have released over 40 episodes, and with Alexander's years of private consulting, we felt it was the right time to invite listeners and clients into the studio to share their life transformations with utilizing the Just philosophy. Hopefully, their experiences unlock more doors for you all to step through and continue forward in growth on this journey with us. Let's journey.
1: Eyes wise. With
0: Aaron and Alexander.
1: Uncovering our authentic self.
0: Through self-awareness, conscious communication, and emotional responsibility. So today we have a special treat. We have a bonus episode where we have two of our podcast celebrities, maybe our first celebrities, who have been discussed on and off throughout the podcast. And they are Ian and Ryan, Alexander's twin boys, who have now just turned into the young age of 27 recently. And Alexander has actually known them or been in their lives since age three. So Alexander, can you come in now and just explain who these young men are and how you came into their lives?
1: Uh, yes, yeah, so uh, this is exciting for me to to share these uh, beautiful beings with everybody and have them here live in the studio. And they were a blessing that came to me um, in a very interesting fashion. Um, I grew up never really intending to have children, uh, not for any specific reason. I was just more goal oriented, uh, job career oriented. And I had a lot of dreams and creativity that I wanted to do. And then in my mid-20s, I uh, meet this uh, phenomenal woman named Sherry. And as soon as we meet, she um, right away she shows me a keychain with her two three-year-old sons and says, um, you're really not interested in someone in my situation, so just, uh, just go find somebody that's more suited for your lifestyle. And at the time, I was uh, I was in bands, and that was my career, and I was a professional musician and and I just told her in that moment, uh, yeah, I'm not that guy, and I do this music for a completely different reason. And I said, and I know that you know, typically about 95 percent of musicians uh, may be that guy, but I'm not, and I, I look forward to showing you. And we embarked on an 11 year relationship. And part of that deal, of course, was uh, stepping in to be a role model for two three-year-old boys, twins. And that's Ian and Ryan that we're going to be sharing with you today. And uh, then approximately 11 years ago in 2008, uh, Sherry passed from cancer, and we went through that as a family and today we're sharing a little bit about how this philosophy, how this way of life um, helped to mold these boys, direct them, and help them with their thought processes and maybe even discuss some of the obstacles that, that it brought in. So, so we're looking very forward to sharing. We have uh, overcome so many obst- obstacles together, and we just share so much love, and I know that you people are going to feel it, that little extra special sauce in this uh, in this session, cause there's a lot of love in this room. So, right now, I want to just a- invite um, Ian and Ryan in to introduce themselves, and uh, we'll get started with sharing some of this information. Greetings, everyone. This is Ian. It's uh, so wonderful to be here.
2: Obviously, Alexander, as he just shared, has been a massive impact throughout our lives. Very influential. I know we've been a large part of these podcasts, building up to so analysis. Really nice to be here.
3: It's a time to get real. Yeah, Ryan here. Um, for sure, it's a it's a blessing always to be in this presence, and um, especially to live so far away from it now. But to uh, come back to it, it's always special. And we've been listening to these podcasts for a long time, and it's cool to uh, every time we listen to it, it's something new. Even though we were raised in it, it's uh, it's good information. It's really exciting to see it being shared on this platform and uh, delivered so beautifully. So it's uh, it's amazing to be a part of it and uh, be here, be present.
0: I wanted to first come in, guys, and ask, what is your earliest memory of Alexander in your lives?
3: <laughs> uh, the first one that came to me is um, when we were young. We played a lot of video games. Um, that was courtesy of some other influences in our life, but uh, we would always try and sneak when we'd get on punishment, we'd try to sneak around and uh, play some video games we weren't supposed to, and uh, we, we got caught one day because we thought we were slick, and we certainly weren't, and uh, just the way Alexander came back and handled it, it was um, really cool to be disciplined in the, in his special kind of way, and it, it made a big impact on us, but yeah, that was uh, that's one of the funniest and earliest ones to me. We uh, got caught. I uh, don't necessarily have a specific
2: memory, but I'll speak from a, a feeling or experience standpoint. Uh, our father had kind of checked out of the picture at that point. Our biological father and our mom they had dis they had divorced. So, uh, when he came in, he was stepping into a large role, you know. But even being so young, I remember having feelings of uh, just admiration. And while it was hard to explain as a kid, I mean. <laughs> He was our authority figure, and he was kind of come and go, so it took a while to get used to, but I mean, we definitely had a lot of appreciation for him. Looking back on it now, he was a, he was a really solid figure in our lives and definitely, definitely led a helping hand in guiding us along our paths.
0: So, Ryan, you brought in the techniques of discipline that Alexander has used, and he's also discussed those in various um, stories that he's shared about you guys and how he, uh, or the ways he has disciplined you guys throughout your childhood. Talk about how unique they are or were uh, in regards to, like, comparing them to some of the stories you've heard of, like, friends growing up, how they were disciplined or, like, you know, stories on tv that you've seen like how did they shape you into the people you are today
3: yeah it's um that's certainly a question that i've actually been reflecting on recently it's uh it's hard to look back and really put myself in other people's shoes i would say which is something i've come to realize lately and i've come to have more compassion for um because it was so much different and you don't realize that as a kid but now that we're looking back on it um I will mention at this point our our father, biological father. He his discipline style was basically non-existent. Um, he just wasn't wasn't really meant to be a father in that way. So he would basically just let us do whatever we want to when we would spend time at his place. So as a kid, um, that that could have been really damaging in that way, and it certainly had its impact. Um, just because when you can do whatever you want to, it's fun as a kid, but it really ends up feeling like they just don't care about you or they don't know how to be a parent, so they're just not a, not a parent to you in that in that moment in those regards. So now that I can look back on it, it's really interesting to know that or to see that we had Alexander and our dad because they did come from very different approaches, and uh, Alexander's approach was as a, about as involved as you can be. Um, I mean, I remember multiple times when we would do something silly as kids i mean we were good kids but we still do silly things and um the way that it was approached was always like i can't recall getting sent to our room um certainly not getting hit physically anything like that um or even emotionally there was no no words of uh like berating or uh, being put down feeling like we did something wrong it was always more of an invitation to look at what we did because uh, as i've said we were Dumb kids sometimes. Everybody's a dumb kid. But um, to actually be brought into that moment, to look at what's just happened and reflect on it as much as you can at that age and um, to be able to basically be a part of your whole experience whether um, like the part that you messed up and then the reflection upon it and then the way to move forward, whether that's some kind of punishment or uh, for us it was separating the two of us was about the worst thing you could do to us because we were we were so close and uh, obviously most of the things we did were to each other it was when we get in trouble and uh, be fighting and that kind of thing in our own way but um it was a discipline that i would say was involved and uh, i don't i don't really see that i haven't really heard that from friends and family experiences the things you see on tv and in the news and hear about it's um it really gives me a perspective now to look back on it and uh, especially to have those two different approaches from our two father figures. Is, uh, it's really a blessing and it gives me a lot, a lot of compassion when I come across people and I hear the way that their parents approach those types of things. And uh, the lack of just love and intention and intention with uh, discipline because it's so impactful as a
1: kid, especially at those young ages. I wanted to uh, come in here and uh, thank you for sharing that so much. And I wanted to know if either one of you would speak on, if you recall, it being set up to kind of uh, for you guys to issue your own discipline and um, kind of like uh, the experience of that. I remember it around initiating it around eight years old or so. Um, But do either one of you want to speak on that? Yeah, yeah, it was
2: actually it's funny that you mentioned that. I was gonna mm-hmm. I was gonna build on what Ryan just said. I remember it around the same age you just said, about eight. It's uh that's more when your cognizant memory starts to function. So. but uh that um uh, technique we'll call it, of allowing us to dwell upon and issue our own uh, so called punishment, it was uh, really impactful. I mean, it has a huge like structural foundation when you you look upon like what you did and and just think about it and it uh allows you a lot more time to reflect instead of just oh you do something and you either whatever get hit or get put on punishment immediately you start to get like trained and it's creates kind of an unhealthy dynamic in my opinion with the with the parental figure uh, especially now in me and ryan's uh, work lives were aircraft mechanics and the way that that job is structured we um We don't have, like, a boss on site, so we're kind of uh, responsible, self-responsible for everything. And it's interesting to look upon how we just flowed right into a job like that, and we're pretty much built for it already out the gate. So it was that technique. I mean, it sounds like such a small thing, but it was hugely impactful in our lives and guiding us to the the men that we've become and just shaping our character. Really uh, (laughs) impactful and effective from my perspective.
0: Uh, Alexander, I wanted to bring you back in because I wanted to first bring up that both of these boys are projectors. Yes, And I <laughs> wanted to know if the way you uh, approached disciplining them had to do with them being projectors, or was it just uh, I, an approach of young people?
1: No, very, very much. So um, I didn't get into the uh, at, at first the first, say, uh, I would say seven or eight years that I was with them, it was more of an intuitive. Um, type. I hadn't gotten into the human design yet. Um, I had utilized the cards at that time, but, um, you know, they happen to be hearts. Our birthdays are just three days apart. So they're nine of hearts. I'm a queen of hearts. So there's still a um, a consistency there. So I, I saw later when I got into the human design that I had uh, intuitively worked in that way. Because although I didn't know they were projectors, I recognized their sensitivities like very, very early. And at any time that they felt um, authority coming down on them, like a, a father figure is seen, they would just shrink and, uh, and and get quiet. And you couldn't get them to open back up. And so I saw, I began to see this pattern that It had to be a loving environment for them to communicate. And if they felt threatened in any way, and this is very common with reflectors and projectors and other types as well, but certainly for the majority of reflectors and projectors, that they carry such a level of sensitivity because they have so m- many of the energy centers that are empathic that they can just feel that energy shift. And I could see it just cut the and stop the ability to uh, communicate. So so right away, it was a, um, you know, different kids respond to different types of discipline and theirs was the communication and being willing to not come down on them like they had done something horrifically wrong, but hey let 's discuss you know why you 're acting out or or what you 're really looking for and so it became like an investigation and um, and so now we utilize uh, both of those systems, um, the destiny cards and the human design, in our conversations uh, very consistently. And um, they utilize it in different ways out in their lives uh, than I do. And, and that's the beauty is that we allow each other to uh, expand and go in directions uh, individually as well. And we've all kind of branched out and come back now uh, stronger than ever. And, um, and I do look forward to uh, the time moving forward um, because what we've created is a bond that um, is really indescribable.
3: Yeah, I would say for sure. There's uh, one of the biggest things I've noticed is um, my appreciation for obviously the way I was raised, but uh, in looking back at it now that I'm a little bit older, it's uh, it's really it's really comforting. I would say to know, for one, that this is something that was developed organically um, with Alexander, just because of his effort and the level of responsibility that he placed on raising us. And that's something that obviously I couldn't appreciate as a kid, but looking back on it now, it's, I mean, it just means so much to me. So when I look at the way that he developed what he did with his intentions and the level of love that he carried for us and for our mother and um, the way that he raised us, the way that he developed his approach to everything involving us, um, even up to and including our father, who is still a big part of our life, and to see the way that he handled him, and it was just, it's really nice to see uh, that it's all coming together even more so now because it makes such a big, big impact on the way that uh, kids are raised. And that's something that I place a lot of value in because it was so impactful for me. It's uh, its really, that's, I think that's one of the highest values that I've seen from his approach is in raising kids because I've always had um, a side of me that I've had to work on that is judgmental around the way that people raise kids, and it's, I've had to practice a lot to get compassion in that area specifically because I know how big of a difference it can make because I can imagine myself if I didn't have Alexander and it's not a pretty picture. So it's it makes me put a lot more emphasis on the way that kids are raised and I put a lot more responsibility on it myself. And it really, really drives me to try and be the best person I can be because I know that if I do or don't want kids at some point, It's, um, I first have to get to a point within myself that I know that I can carry that same level of responsibility that's been shown to me as a reciprocation, as a form of respect and self-love and love for everything I've been given. That's the highest appreciation I can show is, uh, in just that thought process of carrying that same level of responsibility and what that means to me.
0: All right, guys, Alexander has talked about a lot over, uh, the podcast episodes about his relationship with your mother, Sherry. And I wanted you in your own words to maybe give us a glimpse of, uh, what you saw.
2: Yeah. One of the most stark contrasts. the first thing that comes to mind is obviously we had our biological father, as we said, and it was kind of set up. We would go, uh, spend time with him every other weekend. Um, but seeing him and whatever partner he was with, there was two or three throughout our childhood, (laughs) <laughs> comparing the way that they would interact and communicate and just day in day out life and then come back to our regular life and see our our mother and alexander <laughs> just being able to compare those to us it was a really uh, interesting experience like almost having one extreme and the other so even as children as much as we could understand we had the full spectrum of of observation really so it helped us create a a really like solid and well-rounded view and foundation of Hey, this is what relationships are, and this is how uh, people that love each other should communicate. And then go and compare that to our father. And it was just a—it was a really interesting experience to get that broad of a perspective.
0: Ian, was it confusing to you to see the the two different styles?
2: Uh, I'd say it definitely would have been if Alexander and our mother, as well, both of them. It was a team effort. They put so much emphasis on communication and and talking to us and talking problems out. It was nothing was ever left on the table, and like there was nothing. No stone unturned, I guess, is a good uh, quote to put throw in there. But, so I'd say no, it wasn't really confusing. I mean, especially now that we can look back on it, it didn't didn't really create any uh, like fissures in our our uh,
3: development. Yeah, and I can say uh, definitely not mentally as a kid, you, you don't really know what's happening, but energetically for sure, because we would go to our dads and basically have no guidance, no discipline, free reign to be whatever kind of kid we wanted to be. And then we would come back to our mom's place and I can have sympathy for Alexander because I know that he had to uh, bring the reins back in, so to speak, and uh, get us back on track. But there was also an interesting dichotomy because um, him and our mother lived apart. They, we had two separate residences and he was around uh, probably more often than some fathers are still considering that situation. But there was a, there was a balance to be had between that I remember the way that our, our mom disciplined us when we were just with her and when Alexander was around because it could have very easily developed that uh, unhealthy dynamic where the stepdad's uh, the butthead that comes around and lays down the law because it's more of a masculine approach. It's easier for the father to do typically. But uh, I remember noticing a shift when he started to strengthen that in our mom and (laughs) she would have to lay down the discipline and uh, sometimes cry afterwards because she didn't want to do that. But uh, it really gave us such a more solid well-rounded approach uh to have that from the mother and the father on one side and then to go to our dads and uh, not have anything from either one of them in reflection now being older it's the way i see it is two extremes so we've seen uh, about as caring as you can be and almost as uncaring as you can be while still maintaining love our fathers always loved us he just wasn't meant to be a father basically but uh it gave us a really, really healthy balance and an accurate perspective on what happened now that we can reflect on it. So it's uh, it's really done a lot as far as the way that we look at uh, the energy you can maintain between a relationship like that.
0: And Alexander, maybe you can come in and and talk about the challenges of seeing these boys when, after they've come from their fathers. And then also Ryan talked about uh, how you guys you and Sherry both had separate houses and you maintained that sort of thing. Maybe talk about uh, the challenges or even why you did
1: that. Sure, sure. Yeah. So this was a very unconventional approach and original approach. And that really formulated from um, my disappointment with everyone around me and not from a judgmental standpoint of uh, that they're not doing it right. But I I didn't see any relationships juicing. Um, I saw relationships around me growing up just turning into businesses, and the children was the product, and and there was the no fire, no juicing, and and so I wanted to develop a different kind of relationship, and um, and that's what uh, I began to work on with with Sherry, and we developed uh, together over an eleven years period, and the boys were part of that, of course, so. We did have separate homes for 10 years, and uh, we lived about 25 minutes uh, apart, the the houses, and normally I had, of course, my business with my bands, which kept me busy about uh, three to four days or nights a week. And uh, she had she was an entrepreneur and she was a massage therapist and a hairstylist. And so she had clientele and managed her own business and managed the boys as well. And so so we shared responsibilities and we eventually worked to have uh, the similar or same type of discipline style so that it didn't create that polarity of uh, the way it is with many mothers and fathers. They they discipline very di- differently, and the children learn how to get in between and actually use them against each other. And so the intention was that they would get the same answer, um, whether they came to me or they came to her, and we always communicated, and the boys never saw us disagree with each other, uh, around some kind of discipline or something like that um, because we were very careful to, to always be on the same page or look like we're on the same page because that's important, I think, for children to see that structure. So um, we spent normally about uh, five, you know, five days or nights together, and then we had two or three days a week where we did our business, um, and I'd traveled a lot at that time as well. And so uh, it was a way to create that, that balance that I think uh, Ryan mentioned to whether um, I was there or I was away or we were together. There was just a similar discipline style. And um, anytime Sherry you know, got in a situation with them where she questioned it, uh, we would just converse. She would contact me and we would talk over the situation and we would come to a conclusion together. And that's what it wound up being was a mutual uh, way to approach uh, raising two, you know, informing two human beings' lives. And it was, I think, fun in respect, and maybe you guys can reflect on this, because my place was like the weekend house. And uh, their place was the house during the week. And so, so we got to um, experience change and uh, change of environment, which later led to them not traveling very much while they grew up. But then uh, we moved them out to Hawaii on the Big Island when they were 19. And uh, they've been thriving out there now for uh, over seven years. So, so it was a different approach. And I am very um, proud to have her as a partner and the things that we accomplished and now this is what in my private consultations or relationship consultations i work a lot with people in how to approach their children and whether it's discipline or inspiring them and that is actually a big part of my work now so so these guys helped uh basically form my career and um and i'm enjoying them sharing their perspectives here uh here today on today's podcast
3: yeah there's uh not to harp too much on it but as I was saying earlier, definitely the way that Alexander developed his approach to us as kids, um, it's really comforting to me uh, because I am a natural skeptic with something like the human design is what I'll refer to specifically, but uh, just how effective it can be for raising children. And uh, it's one of the it's one of the ways that I usually see when someone has like an aha moment with the human design or something related to it. It's like, oh, that would have helped so much with raising my kid and it's uh just because he found that himself, it really gives me a lot of uh faith and belief in of course him, but in the system as well. it's one of the more comforting aspects of it, but yeah some of the uh some of the things that we got to see growing up um like we did have an unconventional approach it's a it's a good word to describe it, uh which of course you don't realize as a kid, but now that we look back on it and compare it to friends it's um we did have the two houses we'd come out here and uh be a similar energy similar environment because they carried that with them wherever they went and that's one of the things that I felt like is the most uh, fatherly things that Alexander did for us is he always set a similar energy a similar example he was always the same and in, uh, in the way that he approached us in the way that he carried himself uh, he never had emotional outbursts uh, obviously with us or with our mother it was a lot more uh, loving a lot more loving feeling but yeah it was we never did the holidays we never did uh, like Christmas or vacations we didn't approach it that way it was more of a let's hold down this love energy together and it can just it can be what it's going to be all the time and it doesn't have to be these expectations built up around these holidays and you don't have to do what everyone else is doing so we would just come home sometimes and there'd be a new uh, radio set sitting there and we'd be like well, that's cool. <laughs> and they would be uh, like a bike who'd come home just because they wanted to. And it just meant so much more to us as a kid. So we didn't have to have those, uh, those interesting family holidays when all the expectations get built up. And uh, usually people stress themselves out and that type of thing. But um, I do remember being out here. And one of the ways that Alexander loved us the best is that he was available to us. So like going out in the backyard and playing wiffle ball or playing basketball and just doing things with him. It was the most exciting thing in our life at the time. It was what we looked forward to the most. It was what we always wanted if we were asked what we wanted to do.
0: So Ryan, I feel like you're tapping into my my brain <laughs> because every time I write down a word, you then say it. So... <laughs> Um, So not to uh, repeat your aha moment, but I wanted to know if you guys had an aha moment when you realized that what you had here was something special and something that most kids in specific don't experience in their lives. And if you did, like what age, if you could say or remember?
3: Yeah, I know there's one specifically that comes to mind. Um, In high school, uh, I would have been 8th or ninth grade, actually. We met this friend of ours named Donovan. And... He was always uh, like he took a liking to us. There was someone unusual. He was older than us, but he we were really friendly and we had an interesting relationship. But I remember spending some time at his place and just the way that his mom treated him and he didn't have a father in the picture. And I mean, this guy lives right down the road from us. So it was like close to home, you could say, because we could walk up to his house, but there was no father. And just the way that his mother responded to him and treated him. It was really, like, jarring at the time, and it really made us want to, uh, like, reach out to him more. And it eventually led to him, uh, like, spending some time at our place. Like, we, we really just developed a bond with him because we saw how he was treated and what he was raised with, and we saw some of the struggles that brought for him. And uh, in retrospect, I just I noticed the differences, what was happening between what we had and what he had. It really it really counted for a lot for him, that he could come and be in our energy. It was uh, it's one of the first things I remember reflecting on at that time of uh, just how much more blessed I was in that area than him. Yeah, I mean, you can't say it's sad because everybody's got their own experience, but you can certainly appreciate it and uh, have your own gratitude for it and strengthen your views in that. <laughs> yeah, I do remember one, um, there was one experience we had, I think it was in elementary school, when we would ride the bus home And uh, for some some reason, you had to raise your hand at the railroad stop, Um, I guess, just to make sure that you were awake or you weren't going to fall out of your seat or something. I really don't know. But I remember um, not doing it one day, and I got into what would be considered a lot of trouble at the time, uh, to the point where our parents found out about it. And uh, I didn't understand it at the time, really, but I remember Alexander writing um writing that experience i had into a song and he put some lyrics behind it that um it comforted me it's it's like when your parent has your back if you get in trouble at school and they come in and yell at the teacher that kind of thing like it's going to make you feel good but <laughs> obviously the way that he approached it uh it was conscious from my perspective and he like he strengthened me in that feeling of that i had gotten in trouble for something that i didn't understand and uh he He put it into words and into something creative and beautiful that i've've reflected on uh, as I've grown up, and it means a lot more to me now than it did back then, but uh, the energy behind it back then I'm sure was was comforting as well
0: yeah it's a it's a real good story, Alexander. Do you happen to have that song that we can play?
1: <laughs> I do actually um I'll have to look it up maybe. We'll play that for the three minutes of stillness, or something. <laughs> we'll, we'll see about that. That's that's an oldie goldie, though. It hadn't been properly mixed, so that'll be will be a little bit uh, raw. But we'll we'll uh, that might be a good idea.
2: Yeah, I wanted to add something to what Ryan just said. The story he was sharing, uh, just on the concept of your parent having your back. The uh, first thought that came to mind was with my most uh, recent partner. We're we're separated now and on our own uh, individual journeys, but. One of the largest um, issues, you could say, in our relationship was, was that, that her relationship with her father—he—he he was uh, a little overly passive. He never really had her back. So, needless to say, go- coming into our relationship, that was one of the things she was looking uh, for from me the most. So that's a, a easily easy stark contrast to take that story that Ryan just shared of, no, I mean your parents got your back. He's he's there for you. That's far more important than. Uh, this rule at the school that is should be followed, because uh, when I compare it to my uh, relationship with her and just seeing where she's at in life, and she was far older than me. She, she was uh, 35 when we got together, and I was 23. So uh, just her being that much uh, supposedly farther along in life and the impact that uh, her father not having her back had, is it's uh, pretty crazy to see that just how small things like that can impact somebody so much throughout their entire life, really and create a uh, so-called trauma or baggage that somebody has to carry with them. So I uh, just want to take a moment to implore anyone out there with children, maybe just take a, a couple extra moments. It's, um, it's extremely important, the uh, techniques you employ with your children. It has a lasting impact, especially at younger ages.
0: So, Alexander, I wanted to bring you in here because after Sherry passed, you were still very much in the boys' lives and, and still instrumental as a as a father figure. But one of the challenges that you've discussed is trying to have that balance, now that they don't have a mother, with that balance of the masculine and feminine energy that you had to encompass in order to be there for them with anything that they needed emotionally or or
1: whatever. So yeah. maybe you can
0: talk about how you did that and maybe the boys can then share any experiences or stories they had around that.
1: Yeah, and this uh that was a very very of course trying time and um I happened to be 37 years old and the boys were 15 and um uh their their mother passed and right away their father uh went to of course to take custody of them and uh there was various reasons for that that we won't get into and I felt very confident that I could have beat him in a custody battle. I could have had so many people um, on my side uh, supporting that. And, but I carried a big concern of what that would do to them. And uh, I really felt that it would be almost impossible for them not to hold that against me, um, whether they understood it or not, because the biological father does have a right so I elected to ease their minds and even support them to go live with their father full time and let them know that I was just 30 minutes away and I was going to do the step parent thing from that point on. And that would be that I got to see them every other weekend. And so I did work that out with their their father so I could keep this consistency that was that was was going Um And before all of that had gone down, I had started, of course, my um, so-called spiritual path or awakening or uh, seeking consciousness, whatever you want to call it, just approaching life a different way. And I had began understanding that we all carried masculine and feminine energies in us. And so I had been from that point probably about eight years or so working on my uh, so-called feminine side and releasing so much of the masculine energy to help balance this out. And now that's a huge part of my philosophy and the work that I do with my private clients. But when they lost their mother, they really didn't have a female to step into that role, uh, didn't really have a strong uh, female grandmother character. Um, their father's uh, Uh, partners at the time, didn't necessarily fit that bill. So I saw a large void that was going to be created. And so from that point on, from 15 to 18, um, which they wound up coming back to live with me um, at 18 full time, uh, between that time, I approached them pretty much only the way I felt like a mother would approach them, whether that was through discipline or communication And that was where I would see that, you know, if I showed any um, typical masculine type discipline, it would make them shut down. And we still had to get them, uh, you know, their driver's license, jobs, uh, their own place to stay. And so... How we approached that was was very delicate and it was very frustrating for me, but it was so rewarding. It it showed that when you approach a child in a balanced way, um, it has a whole complete different effect. And so that's where my teaching of if it's hard or challenging for you to do is probably good and useful to you. And it was certainly hard to not do my automatic response because most of us have an automatic response when they're going to discipline a child or when they're going to debate with someone. Uh, Everyone has a style. And part of uh, my work of self-development is working against that natural reaction because it's not natural. It's something that's been trained. And to get back into a true conscious and balanced way of approaching it and those three to four years there was very crucial in both my self-development and their development. And like I said, once they came back and to live with me, um, they lived with me for six months, and then we were able to get them both full-time jobs and their, their own place to stay. And they lived in an apartment in Winston-Salem for a year. And then we went on a trip to Hawaii, and the rest is history. Uh, they've been there ever since, um, really, really uh, making everyone proud. So, uh, this has all been just quite a different um, approach, but um, we've had some amazing, amazing results.
0: So do you guys have any stories about maybe Alexander um, taking on more of a, a mother nurturing role that you can speak to?
3: Yeah, I mean, of course, the the first experience we had uh, after our mom passed and I mean, even before we moved past that, just the way that he well to begin with was there when our mom was dying in the hospital Uh, our father wasn't but um just that feeling of course is so overwhelming at that age as a kid and you really don't know what's going on you pretty much check out but uh just i mean he was the only one that was holding it down of course and uh, holding us down and as uh, as he's put it the two hardest thing he's ever done in his life has happened within that one hour window but uh, I remember us walking out onto the balcony outside of the waiting room uh, after we had got the news and we knew what the situation was and just that that feeling of uh, connection. Like it's, it's really probably what kept us from just checking out at that point. I mean, it's, it's such an overwhelming feeling and uh, you feel lost and abandoned, all those types of things. But uh, just how he held us down in that moment and uh, to, to know that we still had that even after losing something that we didn't understand yet, it's uh, it really allowed us to move forward. And then, um, yeah, as soon as we got back here, because we were living here at the time, I mean, I think it was only a few days, and and then our dad shows up, and um, he takes us on a ride in the car to talk with him. And, of course, I mean, we're still, like, zombies at this point, but uh, just it ended up feeling almost like a guilt trip, not necessarily that... Uh, we didn't have a choice, but we came back basically with the understanding we were gonna go live with our dad or that we wanted to and uh, Looking back on it now. It's hard not to laugh at but it's exactly what needed to happen and uh, just the way that Alexander handled that concept <laughs> to lose uh, his wife our mother at the time and then for us to move out a couple of days later and deal with those thought processes of yeah, I could win a custody battle and There's probably ulterior motives as to why that's happening, but uh, just the acceptance that he had or was able to have and uh, let us go and do what we needed to do the way that he saw it and that he could avoid some of those repercussions of how we might end up feeling or feeling about him. He certainly chose what's hard in that situation. And um, I remember some of the exchanges he would have with our dad, the way that he handled him, and didn't get emotional like I said before it's that consistency that he always carried and he never let his emotions um, cost us anything or cost him anything or cost our relationship anything the management that he was able to put upon those was uh, it really gave us the opportunity to see our father in a different way to go live that experience with him and but still to be able to go see Alexander and him him still hold down the the exact same vibration he always had but there was definitely a shift um, in the way that he approached us because he had to be he had to hold down that same energy he had to still be our mom and our dad and the way that he approached us with certain things like getting a job um, I remember I was I was pretty fortunate I got a job quickly uh, that I think we both both might have applied to but I got hired so I remember having the feeling of relief I didn't have to think about it anymore and Ian was still looking for one. He was having more trouble. His experience was different. And I remember Alexander sitting down with him, not, not handling it like a father would have because it wouldn't have been as effective. It would have shut him down because he was already shutting himself down. He was already beating himself up for it. And that, that was hard for us at the time to walk into a business and try to find a job and try and talk to the manager that whole deal. But he really sat with him and approached him in a more feminine, compassionate way, and from my recollection, I mean, he had a job within a week, and I just remember reflecting on that a few times and uh, really seeing the value in the way that he approached that and how effective it was, especially for Ian, because like I said, at that time, I mean, I had a competitive view of it. I was like, haha, I got a job and you don't have one yet. So, I mean, I wasn't there for him. So I was uh, really appreciative for the way that Alexander held him down. And uh, he got both of us moving forward with what needed to be done. So, yeah, it was beautiful.
2: Uh, just staying in line with the whole concept of, of what happened to us with our with our mom passing away and the years that transpired after that, I feel like it's just a, a really strong testament to the foundational years of when we were younger um, and the bond that we were able to build between our mother and me and Ryan obviously were twins, so it's kind of built in. But and then with Alexander as well, stepping into that difficult stepfather role, so those <laughs> that strong bond that we were able to create, growing up throughout that, is um, that's a really <laughs> beautiful thing. Obviously, after our mother this that's a really hard and undesirable situation for a family unit to go through. So just the <laughs> the fact that things went down the way they did when we moved in with our father and. Our mom was gone, just our life completely changed. Almost every aspect was different. We changed schools multiple times and <laughs> lots of, uh, lots of challenges that could have led down some dark paths. So I feel like it's really just a testament to how, uh, useful and valuable it is to have that strong family core. It really gives you a foundation to operate out of. And like, hey man, I can, I can take whatever life throws at me because I have this, bring it on.
0: So Ian, as you mentioned, uh, twins do have uh, a built-in bond naturally um, because, because you guys shared a womb. You probably punched and kicked <laughs> each other in there. Um, now getting uh, back to the philosophy, how has the philosophy strengthened your bond as twins?
2: Yeah. That's, a, that's an easy one to speak on. <laughs> the, uh, one of the largest concepts of looking at everyone around you as a mirror that's uh, anytime somebody asks me what it's like to be a twin, 'cause that's that's always the first question that comes up, like, Oh, what's that like? That's uh, walking through life literally with a mirror in your face all the time and me and Ryan get along extremely well. We always have. We finish each other's sentences all the time. We're pretty pretty typical twins. That's just such a such a beautiful thing. I feel like it can expedite your journey so much if <laughs> any time I get I get angry with Ryan or frustrated with him, I just have to take a second, like Uh, Okay, that's uh, something I'm doing. I got something to look at here. And even
1: in that uh, mirroring, would you say that uh, the concepts from, like, the philosophy come in with, like, how you approach processing? Um, Because, once again, that that mirroring effect is so much more intense uh, with that as well. So would you say that you guys utilize any of the... um, The just philosophy of what we discuss here on the Wise Wise podcast, do you actually utilize any of that information in uh, resolving any uh, discrepancies you may have? Or would you say that you feel like it's um, helped you to grow uh, possibly any closer? Um, Because I feel like it's such a big part of of our interaction, uh, we're always talking about the work or the philosophy. I mean, we don't call it that just because it's our natural language. So I guess that's more, um, the question, would you say that the philosophy and the wise, wise information is just a big part of, of your everyday conversations or how you process things as you, um, as you just go through your day to day working together, living together, uh, because those can be very big obstacles, and sometimes when we don't have methods to help us with those things, they become even more of an issue. Yeah,
2: Let's uh, say it has a massive impact on our day-to-day lives. I mean, uh, as you said, it's, it's strange for us to call it the philosophy or the work, because we were raised in it. You know, so we, we live and breathe that. It's, it's our It's the way that we function. So, I mean, definitely between me and Ryan, I mean, anytime we have an issue, we know, okay, let's do this. Let's take a little bit of time apart. And us as twins, I mean, we're, we're almost designed to function that way. We, Anytime we get mad at each other, it rarely lasts more than about 10 minutes before we're back together and just completely forgot about the problem. And we exemplify that as children too. We never stayed mad at each other. We rarely fought. And I think Ryan mentioned it earlier, the, the biggest punishment for us was to be Separated as a child, the other one would just kind of shut down, and wait for the other one to get out of timeout or whatever, and come back. But um, and taking it farther beyond that, I mean, in our our work, it's it's only me and Ryan and one other uh, friend of ours on the shift. There's three of us. so Me and Ryan are blessed to be able to work together and able to carry a strong va- vibration through that. It's uh, really fun to practice it with our our coworker there because he he's a projector as well. So we know the way that he functions, we know how he responds best to things, so it's helped us communicate with him a lot, and we've really uh, formed a strong relationship with him. He probably uh, views us as his best friends, even after only being there for a year now. So it's created a really unique uh, workplace environment, so we all look forward to it. It's almost like we're hanging out when we go to work, and we all get to discuss things, discuss what we've gone through lately, and uh, we even got him interested in the human design, and He's all looking into it and knows that he's a projector and researching it now. It's, it's really beautiful to be able to share that with people in his life. I would say it's taken a, a massive upturn since we've uh, got to know him and he came to work with us. So yeah, I'm definitely very impactful and useful.
3: Yeah, there's uh, there's even a few recent examples I can think of as far as um, our relationship between each other, uh, such as there was a point in time when I started uh, working out, uh, doing some physical exercise and it, it was something i had to exercise discipline in for myself to develop but there was this uh, friction between me and Ian, and there always has been um with uh, competition obviously it comes with being a twin it's part of being a mirror for each other is that anytime you see something you do or don't like it's a reflection to yourself so you see something they're doing that you do like and you beat yourself up because you're not doing it and you see something they don't like and you want to punish them in your mind and you're like oh should i do the same thing but, uh, with that specifically working out, there was this friction between us that um we could always feel really, really easily um if I was like doing push ups or something, and it would put me in a space of uh, I'm bettering myself, and if we weren't like connected or had a good uh bond that day, it would automatically push in another direction and be that polarity, so just the connection we have if we don't maintain any kind of consciousness. It, uh we really just experienced that polarity with each other. Like it would be hard for both of us to be juicing together. One of us would be up and one of us would be down. Or we would just take some space apart from each other. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I would say that was almost before the podcast came out. So it was uh, just a natural reaction. But it ended up being an invitation from me to Ian. And we kind of worked it out together. And we ended up doing this workout regimen together. And it ended up being great. And I remember Alexander suggesting at one point that um, to look at it a little bit differently, basically that there's there's nobody else that I'd rather strengthen in the world was the perspective he gave to me. So uh, I shifted from uh, like wanting it to be something I did by myself, uh, working out, like I'm getting stronger and that's going to make me better than my brother or however you want to look at it when your ego gets involved, to uh, there's nobody else I'd rather see succeed as much as my brother. So if I can get over these uh, emotions that come, come when you experience something unconsciously like that, then both of us can be stronger for it, and there's nothing else I'd rather have in the world. So it was a really useful way for him to uh, point that out to me so I could apply it to that situation. Another recent example, when I first met my uh, now-beautiful girlfriend, we, uh, we me and my brother were playing volleyball. We played volleyball a lot together, and um, she introduced herself, and once we kind of got into the space where we could be around her in that area of seeing if there's going to be a relationship develop. I had this moment when I noticed that me and my brother were <laughs> both interested to a certain degree. Just the feeling that came over me was uh, like I was competing with my brother on, on like on this battlefield, like he was my opponent, and it was just this feeling of like, man, I don't, I really don't like that, and I don't ever want to experience that again. So I kind of, I kind of pulled back in that moment while we were playing volleyball and uh, ended up leading to a conversation between us that was it was really um, good important for us to have and we ended up having a really good understanding between us with how we approach that type of thing and it was through uh, removing ourselves from the situation and looking at things from a higher perspective and uh, trying to take everybody else's like the highest good of everyone into consideration with that type of situation and we ended up just telling each other like yeah, we just have to be ourselves as much as possible and fortunately we love each other and know each other enough that we can point that out to each other in a loving way so we made that agreement we said if we ever find ourselves in that situation again uh you tell me and i'll tell you if you're not acting like yourself and that's really all we need because we have this relationship that we do
1: Oh, beautiful that stuff called conscious communication you know it's uh i dig it you know what i'm saying <laughs>
0: In my 20s, I remember being a little rebellious and wanting my freedom, per se. How have you guys encountered the challenges of wanting your own independence as your own individual sovereign people and wanting to learn things your own way versus... Having to go to the the philosophy, or like you guys call it, it,'s just your your default, like having to go back to this and do it this way versus you know kind of like experiencing things out on your own and, and just blazing your own path
3: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, I would say it kind of happened beautifully, naturally, organically uh, with our move to Hawaii, and once again, Alexander taking the highest good into consideration. it's obviously not what he wanted for us to move away to Hawaii. Um, but we did I mean he he took us out there and he was a big part of the reason we made it out there I mean we wouldn't have been out there without him but the fact that he was able to let what his own wants uh, go enough to let us move out there because he knew it would be what would really give us that opportunity to blossom to bloom into who we could potentially be instead of um, potentially staying here and being a little coddled because we had lost our mother and we had some family that would have handled that a certain kind of way yeah just uh, us being able to go out there and uh, we both ended up eventually having an experience with a lady um when you get into that kind of relationship and seeking the kind of intimacy that we're naturally going to seek with uh, the example we've been given um it it does create this interesting dichotomy of pulling away from everything else because you're trying to build something with someone else so i had my experience first with uh my girlfriend. And to make a long story short, it ended up being kind of a metaphor of her wanting to pull me down off of the mountain that we had built together, that I was inviting her up. Um, I tried to come down and meet her halfway and bring her up with me, but she wanted me to come all the way down and us to build our own mountain together. And I gave it a shot for a while. I gave it my best intentions to try and develop uh, what I had seen to be valuable with her. But it ended up having costs that I wasn't willing to pay because she was basically asking me to sacrifice the relationships I had. Um, she didn't know that she was asking that, but it uh, ended up being being the case unfortunately, and we just we couldn't meet in that that beautiful middle ground so I uh, I ended up telling her that I'm not willing to sacrifice this and I know that you're you're scared of this and you want to be the biggest influence in my life and that kind of thing but I know it's valuable and I know how this feels to me, so it's not the way that I'm going to proceed. And uh, Then Ian can chime in. He had his own experience with that. um, Pulling away from that connection we had and it just, for me, it really gave me an opportunity to evaluate what I have and what I've been given and what I've been shown and um, how much sacredness I place around it and how I value it. So It was a good opportunity to to look at look at that thing and see see where i am at with it
2: and yeah, so another uh, twin similarity is <laughs> almost like within a couple of days when that relationship ended for ryan i started a relationship with a girl of my own and uh, it was <laughs> maybe just funny how similar twins are but a very similar experience maybe just a little bit more extreme it was a very uh demanding relationship and I had to pull way back from pretty much every other relationship in my life. Even with Ryan, we didn't spend as much time together. Pulled back from Alexander, didn't talk to him as much, and I was just uh, very uh, absorbed in the relationship. So it, was, it lasted about two and a half years, and uh, we got married. Uh, we didn't didn't fix anything, but uh, it was interesting now to look back on it and just it kind of makes you laugh and accepting of it because now after... Uh, The storm has passed, so to say, and we've come back together. And we've had so many conversations, and we've cried together, and just uh, discussing what went down, working through it. But now I would say that we're stronger than ever, and it's beautiful to see that it was uh, just a step along the path. You know, something that needed to happen. And this, like I said, it created separation between me and Ryan. We just I didn't uh, talk to him or spend nearly as much time with him because I was living with that partner. Uh, It was just a beautiful. Uh, example of first us moving to Hawaii, kind of spreading our wings and becoming our own men, and we both get into relationships, and now uh, we pull apart from each other. So it goes from having the three of us to just me and Ryan in Hawaii, then we separate even farther to be just one of us. To see how impactful the philosophy can still be, and if you'll still come back to it, like how strong is it actually? So now I think we've uh, we've answered that question. So there's no more, no more going forward. We know the solidity of it and can uh, walk bravely forward.
0: Well said, brother. So sometimes the the tower card comes into play and we have to burn everything we have to rebuild and, and really realize what we have. So Alexander, what what were your experiences during that time when both of these boys were going through their experiences that they just talked about?
1: Well, it was, of course, very challenging. And any time I know uh, any parents listening out there that their um, children have gone away to college or, or any type of pulling away like that can be very hard uh, for people and... And just the bond that we had formed and going through losing their mom and it just wasn't a typical um, stepfather role, so to say. And and it was, um, you know, at a time that uh, I wasn't in a relationship um, and. So it had even more of an effect uh, because I felt like that, like he was saying, we kind of went from that three to then they moved away, but I had somebody and then we we uh, separated as well. So it turned into like I was alone by myself here and Ryan was alone for it by himself out there in Hawaii. And then Ian was consumed, you know, at these different stages and then wound up being alone as well. So it was one of the uh probably top 5 tough experiences to go through um but now as has been said i do feel like we're stronger than ever and it is that you know i, I urge and work with parents with kids in the early 20s and late teens to allow that freedom allow that time to go out and if you put the the proper foundation in um they'll make it through that and you know we have to allow them to make their own decisions. So it was excruciating for me not to be involved in just knowing step by step what was going on in their lives, but I still respected it, you know, and supported them through it. And then, of course, after they came back and we we discussed the whole situation as a, as a unit again and developed a new way to move forward, and rather than trying to, to just uh, replicate or duplicate what we had in the past, we allowed that to dissolve and then just said, hey, let's create something brand new uh, together, the three of us, uh, around things that are important to all three of us. I, d- I don't have to be the leader anymore. And now we're just um, three you know adults that um, have a bond that um, I wish that uh, people could just um, experience and maybe be inspired by. And see that it doesn't have to be blood, you know, it doesn't have to be your family. I say, love your family, find your tribe. And we have created a tribe and we uh, continue to expand that tribe. And the philosophy, of course, has been a big part of it. But they continue to teach me things and to bring things uh, for me to look at in different ways and that's the beauty of self-growth. And when you can do that self-growth with other beautiful human beings that are interested in that, that love, that, that true unconditional love, uh, it does exist, and um, and we've, we've proven that. So I'm proud to be part of it.
0: All right, let's get a little less serious here. What is your funniest moment that you have had in your life with Alexander? And it can be in your childhood or even recently.
1: Or even if it's not the funniest, some people might think that there is no funny stuff about Alexander.
0: Yeah, there may, there may be even funny things that happen that you maybe can can't talk about. get tagged
1: as uh, being too serious sometimes, but I think I've changed that over the years. But, yeah, let's see what, uh, see what comes out here.
2: Yeah, we'll give you a little bit
3: different perspective. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the first thing that comes to mind for me is, um, you guys might have to help me out with the age, but I know it was sometime after we had moved to Hawaii, I believe. And I think we had come back for a visit. And uh, it was the movie Step Brothers Mm -hmm. (laughs) with Will Ferrell and John C. Riley, And uh, just the connection that the three of us had at that time. I remember sitting on the couch in the middle of the room with that movie playing and just all of us just completely cackling as hard as we possibly could like the couch was getting thrown all over the room because we were (laughs) kicking the ground and stuff. (laughs) And it's just uh, like it's it's always made me smile when I think of that experience just because of how like connected we were and like being able to have the same uh, sense of humor and perspective on life and bond. We just, we were able to really experience it like together instead of just laughing at the same thing with somebody. It uh,
1: It was really, really cool. Yeah, and many times when we would experience um, like certain movies like that, uh, I would say especially from that fifteen to eighteen year old range, um, after their mom passed, uh, became part of our language. I mean, we would um, you know experience cer- certain comedy, and we we most of the time that's what we watched together, and uh, and so then that would become part of our language, and we would say little snippets from the movies and. And, uh, when other people would be around and this still happens today, <laughs> uh, you know, they think we're crazy. They don't know what we're talking about, but we've got a whole, uh, dialogue going on within, uh, snippets from, from movies. So, so we, um, we, uh, have experienced so much together, but laughter is something that we certainly feed off of each other. And, um, and it's, it, it is quite a gift. Yeah.
3: There's uh, another one that comes to mind, um, Obviously, this one's coming second because it's harder to admit, but there was a time we were playing basketball in the backyard and uh, playing this game that we we always play. Me and Alexander were playing one-on-one, and um, he would always uh, do this one particular juke move that uh, I had a lot of trouble responding to, apparently, and uh, it 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 made me fall completely backwards, landed on my butt, and... uh, We've, we've laughed about that. That's, really,
1: that is a highlight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Crossed him up, made him fall backwards. I made the shot too, by the way.
3: Yeah, it's uh, it's cool to be to be so uplifted by somebody and to also be put on your ass by him. <laughs> uh, you have to
2: laugh at the, the dichotomy. Yeah, y'all, y'all don't take him too seriously. About eighty percent of the time we're together, we're just laughing our asses off. Woo! <laughs> Woo!
0: <laughs> The woo is spreading, apparently. <laughs> what would be the most impactful piece of wisdom that Alexander has shared throughout your being or or even something that you've gotten from hearing the philosophy on this podcast?
1: And I want to take the pressure off of all these... Um... Most important we'll goes <laughs> for projectors, that's like Yo, analysis paralysis <laughs> I've got to come up with the most important I so will say one of one of so so you get listeners won't be waiting for the next hour that on a the good point. most important
2: so the um, uh, first one that comes to mind, well, it may not be necessarily an original teaching, but certainly an extremely useful reminder is the the saying of uh, forgive them for they know not what they do. It's um, just <laughs> extremely useful for developing compassion and even working towards forgiveness for somebody or just accepting something they did. It just it In my opinion, it pulls you back to like a third person, a third party like bleacher perspective. You get to see the entire situation. Uh, it reminds you, hey man, you don't know what this person has gone through. You don't know what their life has been like. And you can't just jump to a quick conclusion of Oh, they did this because, blah. Like, oh, this messed up. It's um, there's always so much more to the picture. So I, that's one of the front runners for me lately. I keep in mind, I forgive them for they don't what they do.
1: Yeah, and that, and that, of course, you know, one of Jesus' teachings that that hit me so strong, and and what developed in my work from that was, um, you know, how we play roles in each other's lives, and that many times it has been said that the people that are our enemies are challenging us on this side or our best friends on the other side um, playing those roles um, that nobody else wants to play. So there's many different perspectives on that, but the way that energy works, and we do have a podcast that recently came out about uh, the roles that we play because we actually affect each other being energy fields, and we cause each other to do certain things that uh, we may not naturally normally do. And um, and that's what expanded from that teaching from Jesus that um, that I raised these boys with and worked with uh, every day and still do. Um, That's how that turned into uh, part of my work was studying the roles that people play and the polarities that are created in our energy fields. And uh, once again, we have tools to help people to understand uh, those energy fields uh so feel free to reach out and contact us and get a private session.
3: Yeah so I'll say the I mean it really is hard to encapsulate being raised in it and um having this whole language around it. But one of the things that always comes to my mind pretty much in any situation so it's almost a catch all is basically just the example that Alexander held for us um as a as a parent, as a teacher, as a brother. It's um, something that I can always draw on. Uh, basically, anytime any kind of situation comes up, just the uh, the way that he considers everyone in the situation and everyone's highest good. It, uh, it it's really helpful for me to be able to step back from a situation and put yourself in more of a perspective that it uh, really helps me to get my ego out of the way or to let go of some emotion I might be holding on to, even though I'm sitting there trying to use my brain. Uh, to get past it, uh, just remembering that example and that uh, consistency that I always saw it with because it was never um, it was never in question and it was never it never faltered. So there's almost an endless source of strength that I can draw on from that uh, memory and that feeling that I've carried my whole life um, from what he's offered me in that. I, I can't encapsulate it specifically in words, but that's certainly mo- the most valuable thing that I've, I've been given.
0: All right. So as we begin to wrap up this study, I would invite you guys to look back on yourselves now that you're mid to late 20s. Look back on maybe when you were like in your mid to late teens, about 10, 12 years ago. You know, if you could talk to yourself back then or talk to uh, 17 or 18 year old kids now, what would you say to them that you have learned over the last ten years of your life that could impact them into growing into such uh, fantastic people.
3: Just don't take it, don't take everything so seriously, uh, especially with where I was at at that age. It's um, it's, it's it was really hard to just do anything, and uh, to just have any kind of experience, and it's still something I deal with now. But uh, to just try it and uh, trust that what's going to happen needs to happen and uh, you're gonna be okay, you're gonna be safe, and uh, you're gonna be given exactly what you need to be given. And uh, just to, to let go a little bit, because I know where I was at at that age, and can't say it helped me back, because I've had a beautiful experience and everything's happened the way it needed to happen, but there was a lot of uh, reservation that was unnecessary. So uh, just, yeah, just be your beautiful self and uh, don't worry about it so much.
2: I'd say the most impactful thing I would wanna share with uh somebody 10 or 12 years ago uh, late teens age at that uh fundamental developmental age of when you're just starting to branch out and become an adult so-called um the thing i've been probably reflecting on the most lately is uh self-love and just how just how impactful it is and how important it is to take care of yourself and just respect yourself even trust yourself is a good way to put it and, It's a good example of my brother and I when we moved out to Hawaii where we're living now at age 19 about to turn 20 and we had never even been on a plane before so I mean that was that was such a massive leap for us of going from east coast North Carolina to let's go live out in the middle of the ocean where we hardly know anybody but I mean now looking back on it it was one of the most beautiful things we've ever done so we just at that time we felt into it and it seemed good we were working dead-end jobs here and like, hey, we can go do this in Hawaii. Why not? So we we made the leap, and we're all the better for it. So bringing that back to what I was saying with self-love, uh, trust yourself, you know, uh, give yourself just what you need. It's important, you know, nobody else is going to do it, so uh, look out for yourself, and uh, when you develop that level of trust in yourself, and it's very useful. It'll t- take you a long way in life. So As Ryan said, don't take everything so seriously. Uh, be yourself, and beautiful life will take care of everything.
0: So Alexander, in closing, I wanted to bring you back in and, uh, with how important your relationship has been with the boys. I wanted to ask you, what are you most looking forward to in the future with your bond with the boys?
1: Well, it was, uh, just a huge responsibility. Uh, once I did decide to, um, you know, connect with Sherry and, um, her, of course, uh, bringing these two with her. You know, I was uh, 26 when when I met her and the boys just turned 27 a few days ago and I just turned 49. And you know, the the wild thing is that they are right in the age group of when I started all of my studies uh that 26 to 27. And the excitement for me is how much better than me they're going to be how much further along uh they are than i was at that time like literally just starting and and they are such beautiful compassionate um males that carry that balance between that masculine and feminine energy and and so i just feel that uh when people talk about success um i just i carry so much success in my life, not because of the things that I've accomplished, but the things that we've accomplished. And not many people get to go through, uh, their lives and have that kind of connection, not just with a son or daughter or mate, but, but really any other human being. So, um, so I'm very proud of our tribe and it's certainly not Pollyanna. It hadn't been without its struggles, without its challenges, without its obstacles. Um, but love was the main thing that we kept as the constant thread and communication is what supported that and built that. And then freedom and unconditional love to allow each other to go in different directions. We, we've encompassed all of that. And, um, and that's, this is the result. So anybody out there looking to develop, you know, a relationship with, with anybody, like I said, no matter what the dichotomy is, you know, love, communication, Freedom and compassion um, are just some of the most important aspects of that. And uh, love may actually be the easiest one. Um, but all of the other things, especially communication, is what breaks down that love over time. And so that's why I'm so proud of the, the language that we've developed and continue to develop. And now we've taken it on a much larger platform with the Wise Wise podcast. The book will be coming out soon, and uh, we're just going to continue to send this ripple out. And they're uh, out in Hawaii sending these ripples out and going to continue to expand that. And um, so we're just continuing to get this information out to more and more people. And we have so enjoyed sharing them sharing some of the influences it's had on them in the past and moving forward. And um, I couldn't be a more uh, happy parent slash friend slash brother slash lover uh, than I am with these two that's in this room. And, and Aaron, of course, is one of those brothers as well. So uh, so thank you, everybody, for listening to this. And um, does anybody have any final things they want to say? Or? I have a
2: couple more thoughts I want to add in. Uh, you always hear people say, if you love something, let it go. I feel like our our relationship uh, with Alexander and growing up, we were, uh, us and our mother, we were his entire life for over 10 years. So, so he was really put to the test with having to let us go, literally all at the same time. And we have uh, we moved out to Hawaii and came back. So I don't know that I've ever seen a more beautiful example of that. He loved something to the depth of his core and let it go. And it came back. So take that for what you will. And... uh. Another thought was uh, Alexander. <laughs> he's never had anything but support for us. And I feel like that's really important. It's helped us become our own men and uh, build trust within ourselves to know what's right for ourselves instead of having a parent that's kind of like forcing or pressuring you down a certain path and, and maybe it's the last thing in the world you want to do, but it's what they want. It's such a different dichotomy that makes me extremely grateful for the support he's always shown us. and We feel like we have a, a true freedom. In life, and this, uh, we walk a lot lighter for it.
0: So, guys, I I've, uh, I want to thank you for being here, and and I've seen you peeping around our Wise Wise Facebook group and liking a bunch of stuff. So, don't be strangers. I think I think uh, the people listening, the people in our group, would love to interact with you and and hear uh, your voice more on on the different subjects and topics that we discuss and share in that group and uh, if anybody out there wants to join that group it's just a Wise Wise community if you if you search that on Facebook you will find it so I appreciate everyone tuning in to this interview we have many more interviews coming up in the future of um, detailing other people's experiences utilizing the philosophy and how it has changed your
1: life thank you guys much love
0: maybe you guys can give a little woo <laughs>
1: woo 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 <laughs> And as a little bonus for all you beautiful listeners out there, here is the poem that Ryan was speaking of earlier in the podcast called Train Tracks. Pawns of past tense, somewhere in between, the sheets or the blankets, that cover retreat. But freedom is in the things given when we're asleep. Riding a school bus, thinking or beat, but didn't raise your hands at the train tracks. This is what they teach. To see he's given a loss of sight. If he's in the wrong, then who's in the right? Second sight. Discipline's fright, early to bed tonight, this is our plight, hungry obesity rules the night, hungry obesity rules the night.
0: We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And
1: remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results.
0: The Just Philosophy, as discussed in this podcast, has been developed by Alexander over the last 22 years in his private practice, professional environment, and private studies. The information discussed is intended for educational purposes only. It is not meant as a replacement for conventional medicine. Just remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. As we continue sharing this information, there are also multiple ways to share and support this work. Gain access to our exclusive content, behind-the-scenes footage, and other products that assist you on your self-awareness journey by joining our patron team in exchange for a monetary donation by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron. That is W-I-S-E dash dot com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Another way of support is by sharing this podcast with receptive individuals or even leaving a review on popular platforms such as iTunes or Facebook helps us introduce this work to others through the listener's words. We are also on most major social networks, so follow us along there or even join our Facebook group community. Continue your journey by visiting Alexander's website where you are able to book private consultations in person, by phone, or even Skype. Know thyself better with human design and destiny card reports and readings as mentioned in this podcast. View a calendar of his live performances and class schedule. Peruse his other products such as shirts, CDs, and the revolutionary VibroTune sound vibrational therapy tables that assist with subtle energy alignments. So, grab that keyboard and go to thejustphilosophy.com for those goodies. That's T H E J U S T P H I L O S O P H Y.com. And if you love the touch of a soft shirt with a message that will warm your heart in resonation, then check out my company, Verity's Apparel, where I am a one man band doing it all from design to physically printing the garment, it's sealing it all with a conscious touch. Just go to veritiesapparel.com. V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Thank you all for being a part of this journey with us.